Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor, but still want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, to name a few. Perfect for enjoying with family or friends and taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1541, How to Stop Being Disappointed, part one by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com, and I'm Justin Malek. Happy Saturday, welcome to one of the only podcasts in the world where blogs are narrated to you for free with permission from the authors. It's an award-winning podcast, thanks to you. And it's February 29th, if you're listening in real time, a special day that comes every four years. Feels like it delays my birthday, which is tomorrow. I don't mind that though. Anyway, today I have a bit of a longer post, so I'll read the first half today and then finish the rest for you tomorrow. So with that, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. How to Stop Being Disappointed, Part 1, by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. If someone is late about 70% of the time and you expect them to be on time, that's a rather foolish prediction, isn't it? They may be on time, but they probably won't be. What many people will do is get angry with the friend who's frequently late. Does this usually change that person's behavior? Perhaps sometimes, but it usually has little or no effect the person will most likely continue being late at roughly the same frequency. Wanting a person to change doesn't change their behavior. It's more likely to cement the behavior in place since people tend to resist others' demands of them. Instead of resisting your predictions, a more sensible approach is to accept them. Accept that your friend will probably continue to be late most of the time. Note that this doesn't mean predicting that your friend will always be late so you can be pleasantly surprised when they're on time. That would be inaccurate as well. It means accepting that you don't really know when they'll show up and that most likely they'll be later than they say they will. Predict based on reality, not on overly positive or negative expectations. In many cases, your prediction will be a spectrum of possible outcomes, with some being more probable than others. Now, your friend may change their behavior over time, but when such changes are going to occur, you'll typically see advanced evidence of them. Is your friend committed to becoming more punctual? If so, is there any physical evidence other than empty promises? For instance, when you visit your friend's home, do you see books like How to Be Punctual lying around? Does your friend share details of their efforts to change? In other words, do you have some solid evidence that this habit will in fact be corrected? Let me put this another way. If someone said they'd bet you $100 that your friend would be late most of the time for all get-togethers for the next six months, would you take that bet? Meaning that you're betting that your friend will usually be on time. If you wouldn't take the bet, it's fair to say you expect the old behavior to continue. If there's no evidence of change, then your best prediction of future behavior is past behavior. In this case, the past does equal the future. If your current prediction is that the old behavior is likely to continue, then go ahead and project this expectation forward in time 
for at least a decade. In the absence of clear evidence to the contrary, it's reasonable to expect that this pattern will continue year after year for at least the next 10 years. Now do your best to accept this prediction without resistance. Don't try to alter it for emotional reasons. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. So if you're clear about the past behavior, you can reasonably expect that it will continue as is for the most part, absent any serious commitment to alter course. Change is always possible, but entertain the possibility that it may not happen. Now, with this newfound acceptance in mind, how does that affect your relationship with your friend? Does it mandate that you kick this person out of your life? Not necessarily. What it means is that you can now account for the likelihood that this person will be late most of the time. This means your decisions will be more intelligent since they'll be based on more accurate predictions, not on false hopes. Yesterday, Rochelle and I went to a scheduled appointment. Before we went there, I checked the online reviews for this particular establishment. Out of six reviews, it had five zero-star ratings and one one-star rating out of three stars possible. Reviewers complained that the employees were slow and lazy and obviously hated their jobs. They all got served eventually, but everyone complained about the slow speed and it was clear that they were frustrated. A common frustration was that an appointment that should have taken five minutes ended up taking 30 to 40 minutes. Where does that should come from? It comes from people's subconscious predictions. These reviewers' predictions were inaccurate by a factor of six to eight or so, and the attachment to these predictions induced frustration. We could have taken our business elsewhere, of course, but that didn't seem necessary. We simply update our predictions based on the reviews. Maybe they'll be faster with us, we thought, but most likely the appointment would take 30 to 40 minutes or longer. Since the day before our visit was a holiday, 4th of July, I was able to add that to the prediction, figuring it could be more crowded than usual, meaning we could be in for a longer wait. Because of these expectations, I went in prepared, bringing my iPhone with audio programs to listen to and my MacBook so I could do some work if I wanted to. As it turned out, we ended up waiting for more than an hour. However, I enjoyed my time there and wasn't angry or frustrated since I didn't bring an inaccurate prediction like this should take five minutes with me. Instead, I used the time to listen to an audio program and to do some online research. Now, if it was a problem to have this appointment take so much time, we could have gone elsewhere, but going in with reasonable expectations made that adjustment unnecessary. Back to the friend who's usually late. If a non-punctual friend is a problem for you, you can always drop this person from your life but you can also adapt flexibly to their expected lateness if you'd still like to maintain a relationship with them. Which approach you use depends on the nature of your relationship. For instance, if this is a working relationship and the other person's lateness is costing you money or lost opportunities, you may find it best to drop them from your team and give more attention to people who are more punctual. But if this is a casual relationship with someone you otherwise enjoy spending time with, you may not need to drop them. You can simply update your expectations accordingly. Don't invite this friend to anything that requires their timely presence. Instead, invite them to hang out when you have a flexible schedule and when their lateness wouldn't be a problem. You can arrive on time and bring something to occupy you if your friend shows up late. You can catch up on emails, organize your laptop hard drive, or enjoy some reading or audio listening. I use this approach when meeting people for the first time. If I don't know them yet, I can't predict whether they'll be punctual or not. Most people show up pretty much on time. Some arrive late and a very small percentage flake completely. This spectrum of outcomes isn't a problem, however. If people show up early or on time, great. If not, I can pull out my iPad and do some reading till they show up. If they don't show up at all, I'll simply enjoy the time on my own and occupy myself in other tasks. Predicting behavior happens subconsciously and is unavoidable. 
We can't stop making predictions because this is hardwired into our brains. Your brain can't help but predict what word will come at the end of this blank. You're gonna predict what number comes after two, four, six, blank. So don't try to avoid making predictions. That'd be futile. Instead, give yourself permission to accept your predictions as they come. Do your best to release attachment and resistance that gets in the way of making more accurate, flexible, and intelligent predictions. Pay attention to what's happening and with what frequencies, both with respect to general behavioral patterns and with specific individuals. Now suppose I meet a few times with someone and I can see they're usually late. Am I going to invite them someplace where their late arrival would cause negative consequences? No. Would I hire them to work in a position where punctuality was important? Of course not. Could I still engage with them casually when their lack of punctuality wouldn't cause any difficulties? Sure. Now how does prediction play out in business? Hear that in tomorrow's episode. You just listened to part one of the post titled How to Stop Being Disappointed by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. Thank you to Steve. I'll finish the rest in tomorrow's episode. I'm happy he has this perspective because I actually did set up a meeting with him a couple years back and it was an unfamiliar area to me and my business partner. So it took a little extra time navigating around and finding the place. So we might have been a few minutes late to the meeting. It wasn't that bad. And it was with him and his wife. But glad to hear that he has this perspective and he's able to avoid disappointment by being prepared. That's a great perspective to have. So thank you to Steve. And again, I'll finish this post tomorrow for you. Thank you for being here and listening every day, including the weekends. And I'll be back tomorrow to finish this up where your optimal life awaits.